Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Creative Theater, Akita Express, and Encore Theatrical Company. Visit us online at 30andnerdypodcast.com. Drop us an email at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash 30 nerdy podcast thanks for tuning in hope you enjoy the show and now sit back relax and get ready to nerd out with your hosts josh davis and tyler mcdaniel What's up, nerds and nerdettes? This is the podcast where everyone knows your name. Cheers to you. Cheers to ya. I'm Josh. And I'm Tyler, and this is 30 and Nerdy, and we are coming at you from the Fortress of Nerditude with yours truly, the registered nerd practitioner, the founder of Nerdledge, the Mac. And always great to be joined by my co-host, the juicy one, the notorious JLD, the PhD of nerdology, Dr. Davis himself. Yeah, yeah. What's up, Doc? Not much, man. Not Happy much. to be here. Me too. Me too. Always great to be with you on on recording nights. Mm-hmm. And it's been a, a fun week, hasn't it? A very fun and exciting week yes, in yes. our world. Absolutely. If you're listening for the first time... Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or you know wherever you cast your pod. And uh, if you're if you're still listening in with us after all these episodes, and you're you're staying faithful to the show, thank you from the bottom of our nerdy little hearts. Uh, and while you're subscribing to us, you can rate us. You know. Yeah. And uh, Emma, what what star should they give us? Hazards. Isn't that adorable? Adorable. And if you don't know Emma... My little nerdling. That is... Yes. That is Josh's daughter. Little nerdling. Two years old and two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Ago. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she is just... She's a brilliant little thing. She's pretty smart. But she's got brilliant parents. Oh, stop. Oh, okay, I will. Um, and to those patrons who are helping us through Patreon site, uh, thank you very much. Uh, and if you're interested in becoming a Patreon, uh, you can check out any of those links on every episode we post, as well as our social media. We have links to our Patreon page. And you get uh, tons of behind-the-scenes news, um, early views on our season, as well as uh, upcoming months. Uh, you can get gifts every month. And tons of little nerdy tidbits that may help you in a contest in the future. Uh, so, brother, you—it's it, been a fun week, a busy week. We got a lot going on. We got a lot coming up. Yeah. Um, for instance, uh, tomorrow we get to sit down with a friend of ours, mm -hmm. uh, Zach, and a friend of his, um, for the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. Um, if you've been listening for a while, you know that we like to try to 
do what we can to get the word out uh, for things that we think are important, uh, important things that help people. Yes. Um, so uh, that's a big deal for us, and, and we want to do what we can. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm especially, and Tyler's as well, we're big advocates for kids, um, anything helping kids. So we definitely want to get the word out there about the Boys and Girls mm-hmm. Club. So look on Friday, I yes. guess. for uh, Friday will be a sit-down interview with uh, Luis. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of Zach from Advertising Expressions. We will be actually meeting at Advertising Expressions yeah. uh, and getting to sit down and just uh, talk to him about what's going on with the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. Um, also, uh, thanks to everyone who helped us in our uh, fundraising and awareness raising efforts for Donate Life Tennessee. Um, everyone who bought a shirt, we were able to donate uh, over $150. Yes. To Donate Life Tennessee just by shirt purchases alone. Yeah. Um, and that was just fantastic. It was a really cool thing um, to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we look forward to whatever the next uh, outreach opportunity uh, for fundraising comes our way. And, and we will f- keep you updated. For those, uh, those listening who are big fans of Peyton or mm-hmm. who are now big fans yes. of Peyton after the episode... Uh, He'll be making his return in the future. Oh, yes. Um, December's going to be a big month for Peyton. <laughs> yeah, December's uh, going to be Peyton's, uh, Peyton's favorite, month. <laughs> favorite month in regards this to podcast This is going to become Peyton's up. place in yeah. December. Peyton's so, uh, podcast. <laughs> tune in uh, in December for sure, and um, uh, you'll hear from Peyton again. And also, we've got a big event coming up this next week, uh, Lit Up Knoxville. Wow. In Huge. Market Square in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it is to—it's uh, about young artists, mm-hmm. um, writers, um, media pe- kids who are getting into the media and yeah. book writing and published. I mean, these are published I'm, authors at a young age. I'm really excited, and we're going to be in Market Square doing a live show. Should we go ahead and and reveal what our topic's going to be for yes. the show? All right, especially since it's October. Yes. All right. <gasps> Villains. Villains. Mm. Uh, 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 uh. Literary villains. Disney villains. TV villains. Media villains. Pop culture Pop villains. Pop culture villains, especially in literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to maybe ask, bring people up on stage and asking about their favorite. Could be. Um, uh, maybe like if you're a Sherlock Holmes, we'd talk about old M. Mm, Professor Moriarty. Uh, maybe Voldemort. I said it. Oh, sorry. You can't say the name. He must not be named. That's better. Sorry. Uh, So we're very excited. If you're in the area, if you can make it, October the 13th, it's an all-day thing in Market Square in the surrounding area. It's with the library. It's called Lit Up Knoxville. Follow them on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Our good friend Candace is heading it up, and she's doing a bang-up job in marketing it and uh, getting events and people to be a part of it. Uh, We're very excited. We very, can't wait. Very excited. Um, and also in November, Marble City. Now, dude, I'm so excited. And you almost we went to see the Joker this past <laughs> week, and literally he said, "I just need two minutes in FYE." And I was like, "But the previews, man!" Because I'm a, I love the previews. I do too. I love but knowing what's coming. This and, is uh, a big day. <laughs> he goes, "I just gotta get to FYE." He had to buy a Blunt Man and Chronic. It's Jay and Silent Bob's characters from Strikes Back and yeah. Reboot. And he had to get them so that there's a hu- there's a big possibility, hopefully, that we get to sit down with the legend himself, Kevin Smith, and have him sign them. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but as we're leaving the movie, <laughs> he is, of course, I will give him this. He was 
in conversation with some friends of ours. Yeah. The coffees. Yeah. And he completely walked away with the bag of pops under his chair still. And Madison, like, nudged me and pointed at me, and I looked down, and I was like, shh. And I grabbed it, and for probably five, six, seven minutes, I carried it behind my back, just walking, seeing how far we'd get. We got out of the theater, folks, and to the bathrooms. They parted ways. He went to the restroom, so I just walked into the restroom and was just like, um, you forgot something. Like, everybody knows I love Pops. Yeah. And I was, like, Friday was a big release day for, like, some exclusive Pops. Yeah. And, you know, they go fast. So I ran to FYN. They had a couple of them left. So I got my Jane Silent Bob. I'm so happy about it. I'm, like, holding it close to my heart. And then I'm so enamored and excited about the Joker. Yes. Uh, that I just completely forgot. Just so you're already easily distracted. Yeah. It's that ADHD that Yeah. Squirrel. It's like the dog and up. It's, yeah. it's, it's very bad. So It happens. But I did not let you go without it. I know. You I, I, saved the day on that I one. I did. I did. Madison was the savior, actually. I wish and I Madison. could take credit for it. Uh, so, last week's episode, The Dark Knight. Yeah. It was fun. It was uh, fun. Gained a lot of positive uh, reviews on it. I mm-hmm. know some uh, some of our other fellow podcasters out there in Twitter land and podcast land, uh, they loved it. Good. Um, hearing some that. good stuff about that. Very appreciative of that. Uh, so I'm sorry I said that Batman would drink Dos Equis. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> they were like, um, I did not drink Dos Equis. I did regret that after I said it. But you know what? I think Bruce Wayne actually would drink Dos Equis. You think Bruce would? Yeah, you know, because I think about the guy from the commercial, the fancy dude, the most interesting man in the world or yeah. whatever. You know, remember that little gimmick they did? Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes me, think of, my makes me think of Bruce Wayne. Okay. So maybe not Batman, but Bruce Wayne. But Bruce Wayne. All right. You got to give me that one. Okay. At least. We'll see what pop culture Bruce has to say about it now. <laughs> um, Do the right thing. <laughs> be kind. So, obviously we talked about Batman last week, and you cannot talk about Batman without the greatest villain of all time, in my opinion. His archenemy, the yang to his yin, or vice versa, however mm-hmm. you think of it, the Joker. Yeah. So this week we are going to be talking about the the clown prince of crime himself, the so, Joker. And so many different versions oh of the Joker gosh, at this like, point. Going through these notes, man, like like when creating these notes, I was like, ah, I've not seen some of these. Mm. Like I had no idea that some of these people existed. And I have a feeling voices. I'm going to learn a lot. Yeah, even we're going to learn something. It's always fun. Yeah. And we will get to that after a word from our sponsor. All right. Hello. This is Riff Raff from Encore Theatrical's Rocky Horror Show. I think you'd better come inside and join us for an evening of the Time Warp. Performances are October 18th and 19th, and they are both science fiction double features. For tickets, go to etcplays.org. After all, it's going to be a rather special night. Hey, all you nerds out there in Nerdland, this is David. And this is Tim. And we're from Johnny Has the Keys podcast, a podcast where horror and sci-fi shape our lives. You're listening to Josh and Tyler of the 30 and Nerdy podcast, where they discuss, debate, and break it down with nerd culture and the nerds that reside there. 
If you like listening to these guys, consider coming over to the dark side with us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Cheers to you, nerds, and don't forget your keys. And we're back. And that means that it's time for Tyler to talk nerdy to me. What do you what do you got this week, man? Alright, so last week you know I talked about the nerdarchy. Yeah. The order of nerds. Really confused me. I know. So I said that moving forward I would I would educate everyone on the seven levels of the nerdarchy. So this week we have level one. Recruit. <laughs> Simple okay. as that. A recruit. A Nerd rec- recruit? Yes, a recruit. Nerd recruit? No, I, you don't have to combine <laughs> them on everything. Okay. <laughs> a recruit is someone new to the world of nerd, and the very bottom of the order of nerd, or the nerdarchy. They're usually just tagalongs to a movie, or happen to be around when you're watching a show like The Flash. They can be anyone from a sibling, a parent, or even a girlfriend. You know, they may not have lived in the world of nerd or really know about our nerd culture, but, for instance, I'm going to use her as an example. Madison was not really into the nerdy world before we started dating. Right. So she started out as a recruit, (laughs) tagging along to watch, you know, I've got her started and we're making our way through the MCU's phases. you got a long way to go, though. Yes. Um, she went to the Joker with us. Yeah. Uh, she had already seen the older Batman movies, and she loved The Dark Knight, but she still has a long way to go before she's, you know, what I would call level two nerd. Wow. Um, but, yeah, you start out as a recruit. Not everyone's born into this, you know, I was born nerdy because mom liked, you know, nerdy things like Wonder Woman was her favorite, and Batman she loved. So I was raised watching these things already as it is. Um, but not everyone starts out like that. You know, you have a lot of, especially these days, goodness, especially these days, when the MCU started thriving, you had non-nerd people tagging along with their nerdy friends to see, like, Iron Man or the first Avengers, and that hooked them. Yeah. Well, you have to start somewhere. So you start as a recruit. Everyone has to start somewhere. What a time to be a nerd. Oh, I know. So that's your first level. It's just, we talk all the time about how when we were kids, like, you know, if you're super, super nerdy and into things like that, it's like, eh. Well, yeah, I mean. It's it's not really super cool. And now, everybody's a nerd. Oh, you don't know about this, weirdo? You don't, you don't know about the things that happen in Endgame? What? Like. (laughs) Weirdo. Come on. (laughs) Goodness. So, uh, if you know any recruits, it is your job to further enlighten them and educate them because after all you are no nerd if you are not using your nerdledge you know to further the nerd masses this is this is probably gonna make you very proud what so david who i've mentioned a lot on the show a good friend of mine created our design created our logo he uh (laughs) almost every time i see him which is quite a bit he uses some of the, <laughs> of the some words? of the words, yeah. Yeah, it's just like every time he does it, I'm just like blown away. It just makes me laugh. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just thinking about David. David. He's like, yeah, I man. Some recruits. There was a whole nerd herd at the Joker <laughs> the other day. <laughs> I'm like, 
Oh, and his his students. We have some fans in his class. So shout out to Mr. Nunez's art class. Uh, got some uh, nerdlings some in there. Fans. I guess they're bigger than nerdlings. They're older than nerdlings. Yeah, at this I haven't point. I haven't created a word for teenage nerds yet. Yeah, nerdagers maybe. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. So some of them are fans. They've got some stickers coming to them. So sweet, shout out sweet, to them. Sweet. But anyway. But yeah, that's your first level. I I love it. Good. So. Uh, moving forward, you will get level two next week, and um, I'm not going to trick you this week, okay? So we can move on to your favorite segment, What, what You're watching. watching. So, What You Watching? Wow. I, I don't even know where to Easy begin. Question. So Well, it's not, because I've actually watched a lot of things. Uh, really? I'm not going to talk about all of them, I guess, but uh, I've still been doing a little bit of uh, exploring on the DC, DC universe. universe. Okay. Uh, Watched some of the uh, Assault on Arkham, which I hadn't That's seen yet. It's, it's okay. I'm only about halfway through with it. Um, this isn't really nerdy, but it's certainly pop culture-y. Um, the Masked Singer. Do you know about The Masked Singer? Yeah. So it's on Fox. And one last year. He did. He was amazing. So basically, if you don't know about it, they take all these different celebrities. They come up with these new personas like... This year we have the, the Black ladybug. Widow Spider and the Ladybug and the Cheetah and things like that. The Skeleton. So they wear suits and masks and stuff. I think this show, the uh, original idea was from Japan. They did mm-hmm. some sort of Japanese version of it. And uh, yeah, so this is the second season. Nick Cannon is the host. Um, Dr. Kim's a judge. Uh, yeah, uh, Dr. Kim Jong from yeah, um, Dr. Kim, The Hangover. Kim, he yeah. was Chow. Um, he's he's on it. Robin Thicke. Um, I can't remember her name. She's from the Pussycat Dolls. Uh, I'll think oh, of it Nicole? Nicole Scherzinger. Yeah, Scherzinger. Yeah. And Jenny McCarthy uh, Wahlberg is another another judge. Uh, so anyway, it's great. It's uh, really impressive to see some of these people perform because all of them pretty much have been really good. Last season you had a couple who like were not strong singers and you mm-hmm. could tell they were going to get voted out really quick. Um, and some of them you could sort of guess who they, they were. they become unmasked when they're voted out? Yes. So they take their mask off. There's a big reveal at the end uh, when they get voted off. And then they go back. They show you clues like they have their own little story and they give little clues about who they are in real life and you huh. try to piece all of it together. And the judges try to help with that, too. And this season, I, I can't guess any of them. And two or three people have been revealed, and I didn't really know who they were. One of them was Muhammad Ali's daughter. She got, she got voted off the other day. She was really good. Wow. Yeah, so it's great. I like that check show it out. because it, it just proves there's so much unknown talent out there. They were oh, made yeah. famous for something else, but little did you know that they could sing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, we saw The Joker. Oh, yeah. Did uh, we ever. Phenomenal movie. So it kind of prompted me to go back and watch other Joker moments. Like, um, I went back and watched Dark Knight. I went back and watched Batman 89. Um, Suicide Squad. Um, and some different Joker animated moments. Like, I didn't watch all of Mask of Phantasm or all of Red Hood, but just some of his better scenes. Sure. Um and I cannot grasp the places that people go just to play that character. I mean, we know where Heath went. We saw where Joaquin went. 
we even heard from Jack Nicholson, you know, yes, you know, I did The Shining, and I can tell you that it's up the, the Joker's up there with playing in The Shining, like how just the, what the character did to them. Mm-hmm. And if you go and watch the show I Know That Voice, or the movie I Know That Voice, uh, John DiMaggio talks about his time playing the Joker, and he said, you know, ironically, it, it put me in a dark hole, like just trying to find that character just to do the voice to it. And I was like, my God, like, everyone thinks there's a Superman curse. You know, like, I think there'd be a curse of the Joker. Um, but, yeah. I it's mean, heavy stuff. It really is. It's heavy stuff. And, of course, uh, episodically watching <laughs> Titans <Yeah. laughs> on DC Universe. And uh, actually went back and watched, um, what was it? Uh, I tried to watch Batman versus Dracula again. It was just, it's still just... It's just a rough storyline. Yeah. Just, I haven't even attempted. Yeah, I couldn't finish it. I don't think I so could I can do say it. I've watched it one, I can only say I've watched it one time all the way through. Every time I try to go back and watch it, I'm like, this is just not good. Yeah. I just don't like it. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of the past two weeks we've been watching a lot of DC, which I don't hate. You know, I actually, for some reason, earlier today, I was just kind of hanging out with Emma and... She wasn't paying attention to the TV, so that meant that Daddy got to use the TV. And um, you, mean you weren't walking, watching Mickey Mouse. I, we were not watching Mickey. Well, we were, but she wasn't paying attention to it, so I changed it. Um, we started watching Justice League. Just felt like it, you know. Talking about Batman the last movie? week, yeah. Oh, cool. Wanted to see some Bat flick and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't not watched a little like bit of you. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, I believe it's time for some nerd news. So excited. Good, good, good. So, this past week, Kevin Smith has let it be known that he is moving forward with Clerks 3. With uh, the original with the cast. original cast, yes. Yeah. Dante and Randall will be back, which uh, I love the Clerks movies. Um, and I, I, I'm sure that he finally decided to do this based off the popularity of Reboot, realizing yeah. that, oh, people still want more Jane Silent Pop. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Speaking of rebooting, Jared Padalecki, who plays Sam in Supernatural, right. is rebooting the show Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, isn't that interesting? How do you feel about that? <sighs> you know, I'm not thrilled with reboots. Uh, especially, <laughs> I don't know, I... It, you associate Walker, Texas Ranger with Chuck Norris. Yeah. However, Padalecki's from Texas. He's, <laughs> so know. therefore he's qualified to replace Chuck Norris? No, I was just talking about he could be a Texas Ranger. <laughs> I mean, is there even a big like push for there to be I, another walk, Walker, I Texas didn't think Ranger? There was. Why is this I happening? I did not think there was. Well, I can, I'm not exactly thrilled about it. I can tell you with total certainty that I'll probably not watch a minute of it. I so just have just no Jared interest. Padalecki in that. You don't like? No, I have no problem with Jared <laughs> Padalecki. It's the fact that I don't really care anything about Walker Texas Ranger. Not anymore. Not in 2019, and no, especially not without Chuck Norris. I would agree. I would agree. That's just um, my I'm glad that he's it. got work after Supernatural, but. Um, not what I was expecting. After playing on Supernatural for 23 years. <laughs> 15. Okay. <laughs> um, difference. So, the Birds of Prey trailer dropped. Did you see it? I did not. You haven't watched the Birds of Prey trailer? No. 
Uh, I did see the poster, though, when we were at the movies the other day to see Joker. It looks so good. Really cool. Um, Ewan McGregor's Roman Sionis, Black a.k.a. Mask. Black Mask, is going to look... His characterization already is totally different than any of the animated stuff we've seen. Um, he's not got a gruff voice. You know, it's more party-like. Uh, Dinah Drake's Black Canary is in it, along with some other Birds of Prey members from the comics. Um, but it's very exciting. Um, it's good to see that Harley Quinn's back in the live-action movie, and it's mm -hmm. not going to be uh, destroyed by Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited. Yeah, it it uh, is probably something I'll definitely check out. Yeah, absolutely. So, even if I haven't seen the trailer yet. I can tell you I'll probably want to see it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so moving on, there is a, a short, by the looks of it, a short, powerful list for Catwoman and the Batman. Wow. Uh, and it is all being led by women of color, which I love that. Interesting. Um, it's 2019. It's okay. Um, Tessa Thompson, a.k.a. Valkyrie in the MCU. Uh, Lupita Yano, who is Nakira in the MCU from Black Panther, and Alexandra Shipp, who played Storm in The Dark Phoenix. Uh, they are on a short list to play Catwoman in Matt Reeves' The Batman. Thoughts? Um, okay, cool. Um, I think it'd be cool. Catwoman is not uh, on my list of favorites. I'm sort yeah. of indifferent about Catwoman, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. So, um, whatever. I have no preferences here. Cool, cool, cool. So, speaking of Batman, there was uh, WB Games Montreal, who did the Arkham Origins game, posted a very, very cryptic tweet on Batman Day that followed with another tweet recently with three symbols alternating in the background. The symbols are of the Court of Owls, the Order of Saint Dumas, and the Demon's Head, which is Ra's al Ghul. This was the first time that that Twitter has been active since 2015. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cryptic tweets from let's, a Batman Arkham creator. Let's hope oh, that so. this even, means... Even, again, even if it's not Conroy, at least it's an Arkham yeah, storyline. I'll be happy. In a Batman game. Yeah. Uh, it's Those... kind of like you, you talk about the Spider-Man games. They can keep making Batman games and I'll keep buying them. Absolutely. And keep playing them because they're just so good. 100%. Um, Those Arkham games are top-notch. Absolutely. So, so good. Great stories, um, fun to play, uh -huh. like the, the fighting part of it is a lot of fun. Solving the riddles, um, the stealth missions where you swing around to the little gargoyles. And yes. You, uh, you, you snag the guys and yes. hang them up on if the If anything thing. really gets you... In the mind of being Batman, it's those yeah. games. Oh, yeah. You feel like Batman. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. So, let's hope that they give us one, because the people want it, give it to us. Absolutely. If the people want it, you have to give it to us, or else we'll start burning things down. Supply and demand, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving forward, we have had a lot of things in the world of wrestling wow, happening lately. huge, huge week for professional wrestling fans, man. So, uh, we've known for a while now that WWE's SmackDown show, which has been on Tuesdays on USA, that was picked up by Fox. That was a $1 billion deal that Good went down, Lord. I guess, earlier this year. So, they premiered... Smackdown on Fox this past week. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson showed up. Um, I think there were a few others. I didn't see the whole thing yet. I just saw bits and pieces. But it was huge. Lots of uh, UFC uh, superstar yeah. appearances. So that was something. 
Well, also, Brock Lesnar came back. Yeah, took the title off of Kofi in five seconds. Yeah, and then we won't see Brock until the Rumble. So ridiculous. Tired of him. Um, but beyond that, there was the season premiere of Monday Night Raw in USA, the mm-hmm. the flagship show of the WWE. They had an all new set, all new announce team, all Pyro. new everything, different feel. Pyro, which we hadn't had in a few years because they were trying to save money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it definitely took away from the feel of the show or else you could call it monday night rollins because your boy is the champ the champ yeah and um we got to see oh brock showed up there too and destroyed Rey mysterio and his son yeah i hate Um, brock lesnar i do too but and then they moved nxt yeah to wednesdays to compete with AEW. Wednesday Night Dynamite. So we've talked before about, you know, in wrestling in the 90s, we had the Monday Night Wars on... Wednesday Night Wars now. Now we have the Wednesday Night Wars uh, between uh, WWE's NXT brand and Mm -hmm. AEW. Now, I don't know uh, who had the uh, the most ratings or whatever, but I watched a lot of the AEW show. I haven't seen anything from NXT yet, but I hear it was very good. Well, what they're doing is only one hour of NXT is going to be live. On Wednesday nights. Then the second hour is streaming on their network. Really? Yeah. I thought the whole thing was on USA. Wow. One hour on USA, and then there'll be like a tune in, you know, to continue watching WWE Network for $9.99 a month. That's smart. (laughs) Supply and demand. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I have been pretty fed up lately with a lot of WWE stuff, so I I, I, I did did watch AEW. I did not get to watch it live. Uh, I went back and watched it. Um, I'm excited for it. It feels like wrestling. It does. Like 90s war wrestling. Yeah. Where the stories are in the ring. It didn't feel quite so hokey, I guess. Campy. And as some of the WWE stuff. Just like, oh, look, here's our top guy, and he's going to do a 20 minute. Uh, interview in the ring, and there's going to be all kinds of people interrupt him, and he's um, going to do one finisher to everybody who interrupts. Yeah, him, so it felt different in that and regard. There's going to be a ridiculous backstage segment. Yeah, I didn't see any backstage yeah, stuff with AEW taken care of in the ring. Much, yeah, love it. So with this premiere week, we got news of a new Fox host for SmackDown. Oh yeah, your boy. Is coming back to the world of wrestling. Well, I wouldn't call him my boy. Uh, CM Punk. CM Punk is going to be commentating for Fox. It's not a WWE deal. Yeah. It's a Fox deal. It's kind of weird how that worked for out. Fox um, on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So technically, he's a Fox employee commenting for WWE. I guess that's kind of weird. The loophole of having Punk back, but he technically didn't sign with the WWE. Yeah, if you're if you're listening and you don't know who CM Punk is, CM Punk is a very well-known professional wrestler, um, very very popular. He was very successful for a long time. He had all sorts of grievances with the WWE. No filter, and, no filter. Uh, left he left pretty abruptly, which as a fan I had some issues with mm-hmm. um, regarding the way he departed, um, and the, a few of the reasons. Some of it I definitely understand, but. Um, that's yeah. that's a discussion for another time. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see him in this capacity. Capacity, yeah. Because he's not a dumb guy. Right. He's smart. Yeah. So, um, any other wrestling news? I think that's about it. 
quite a bit, quite a bit. Exciting week for the wrestling world. So, last piece of news, and it kind of transitions us into what we're talking about. Um, and I wanted our breakdown to be less serious, so I thought, you know, why so serious? So, I thought I would put this in the news. Okay. And we could maybe discuss it just a little bit. Yeah. The Aurora Theater, that was the scene of the 2012 Joker shooting, is now show, is not showing the movie. Um, after reopening under a new name recently, they moved to not show it pretty unanimously as a town. Yeah. Um, I have mixed thoughts about this. Really? I understand why not. Um, I could not imagine what my decision would be if I were there or even a part of that town or kin to the shooter or the person, people who got shot. Um, you never really imagine what something will be like until, unless you've lived it. However, I feel like not showing it, he wins. And the arguments against our loved movies win when, some, when a decision like that is made. I feel like it's been seven years, and he continues to win the more they tiptoe around the Joker. Um, I mean, yeah. I literally, like, I, I literally cannot tell you that I stand on a certain stance. I'm literally on the fence on this. I get what you're saying. Um, I, I do. have opinions on both sides. But I think they made the right choice. I do. I think in good taste they made the right choice. Um... I just think that it doing all this and it being in the news brought it all back to life. Well, I think it's just that some people might make the argument that this movie glorifies the character of the Joker. I mean, it's the movie's named The Joker. Yeah. I mean, the movie is about him. He's the central character. Yeah. There's not a single scene that he's not in, mm -hmm. which if you really think about it, that doesn't happen that much. It's, a, it's the first time that the Joker's gotten a solo film. Um, So... In that regard, I think, right choice. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying as well. I do. I just don't know that everyone uh, there would think of it that way. Yeah. Do you know no, what I mean? I, like I said, I, I do solely also stand on the, I cannot make a judgment on it because I didn't sure. live it. And that's um, fair. So, I, I have opinions on both sides of the spectrum. Sure. So. But yeah, I thought that was interesting that it, you know... So uh, that is the end of your nerd news. I'm so glad that you finally showed up with our dinner because I am starving. What did you bring me? Well, uh, you know, I brought Akita again. <laughs> of course. <laughs> because it's our favorite place I to eat. I can't be mad at that. Yeah, exactly. What, what did you order this time? You know, every time I say I'm going to try something new, I always show back up with my regular chicken teriyaki. I understand. White rice. No vegetables. No vegetables, I know. Could have had a V8. <laughs> um, and it just, it's my favorite, man. And it looks like you brought me my favorite, which is the shrimp and chicken combo. No mm -hmm. broccoli. Extra mushrooms with extra shrimp sauce. Best shrimp sauce in town. Uh, in town. In the state. For sure. I'm telling you. There is no comparison on this shrimp sauce. And uh, we are going to try not to to mutter through this episode while eating at the same time. We don't want that's just unprofessional, right? So, listen, we love this food. It's Akita Express. It's right here in Morristown, Tennessee. 
we highly recommend this place. 10 out of 10 would recommend. I've never heard an unkind word about Akita. So please give them a try. They are right here in Morristown, Tennessee at 3100 East Morse Boulevard. And please, when you stop by, tell them 30 and Nerdy sent you. Alright, now I believe it's that time, brother. Time once again for us to on the Joker. The Joker. Now, if you were in the very minute statistic of people who don't know who the Joker is, I find that impossible, first of all. The Joker is a supervillain created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane and Jerry Robinson, who first appeared in the debut issue of the comic book Batman, April 25th, 1940, published by DC Comics. Credit for the Joker's creation is disputed. Kane and Robinson claim responsibility for the Joker's design while acknowledging Finger's writing contribution. Although the Joker was planned to be killed off during his first initial appearance, he was spared by editorial intervention, allowing the character to endure as the archenemy of the superhero Batman. I'm learning things already. Killed off in the first issue. Could how, you imagine how the different without the Joker? Would the DC universe have been without the Joker? I guess well, they could always bring him back, but still. Yeah, but I think if you if you don't spare him, if you don't give him that opportunity to become the arch enemy, who is then Batman's arch enemy in your mind? If it wasn't Joker? Yeah. Oh. It's hard to think about. Penguin, maybe? maybe? Penguin? I guess. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Or Ross. Perhaps. Maybe. If maybe Riddler. The Joker. Yeah, that's crazy. In his comic book appearances, the Joker is portrayed as a criminal mastermind, introduced as a psychopath with a warped, sadistic sense of humor. The character became a goofy prankster in the late 1950s in response to regulation by the Comics Code Authority before returning to his darker roots during the early 70s. As Batman's nemesis, the Joker has been part of the superhero's defining stories, including the murder of Jason Todd, the second Robin, and Batman's ward, and the paralysis of one of Batman's allies, Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl. The Joker has had various possible origin stories during his decades of appearances. The most common story involves him falling into a tank of chemical waste with bleach, which bleaches his skin white and turns his hair green and lips bright red. The, this resulting disfigurement drives him insane. The antithesis of Batman in personality and appearance, the Joker is considered by critics to be his perfect adversary. He definitely is the perfect adversary, and I love the struggle between Joker and Batman because... You know, Joker knows that he can pretty much do anything, and Batman is not going to kill him. Kill him. I mean, he—he's he, like he's trying everything he can to get him to break that rule. Yeah, and there's so many different um, moments, whether it be in live action or animated, where he's like, um, "You won't kill me, and I won't kill you." You know, this is just what we'll die doing. We're destined to do this forever. I think we'll always be doing this. Um, 
and just pushing him to break that one rule and the the steadfastness of Batman to not kill him, especially after para- paralyzing Batgirl, killing Jason Todd, um, and when you find out Jason Todd is alive and under the Red Hood, and he's like, you know, why did he took me from you? You know, and he's like, no, you don't understand. It'd be way too easy to kill him. I mean, look at him. It'd be way too easy to kill him. Um, I think that despite the evil that he's done, um, I think there's so many times where Batman still thinks he can be saved Mm -hmm. for some reason, Mm -hmm. even though he's the biggest maniac that Gotham has. He feels like he has to try no matter what. Yeah. That's why he keeps taking him back to Arkham. But... It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. They did recently, was it a year ago, they released The White Knight where he's mm-hmm. cured? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was... I haven't read it yet. I haven't either. Um, I didn't... could never bring myself to read it because I was like, eh. I've got it. It's sitting on my nightstand by the bed, but I haven't, I haven't read just, it yet. I will. It's an interesting take. Uh, moving on. The Joker possesses no superhuman abilities, instead using his expertise in chemical engineering to develop poisonous or lethal concoctions and thematic weaponry, including razor-tipped playing cards, deadly joy buzzards, and acid-spraying lapel flowers. The Joker sometimes works with other Gotham City supervillains, such as the Penguin and Two-Face, and groups like the Injustice Gang, and the Injustice League. But these relationships often collapse due to the Joker's desire for unbridled chaos. The 1990s introduced a romantic interest for the Joker in his former psychiatrist, Harley Quinn, who becomes his villainous sidekick. Although his primary obsession is Batman, the Joker has also fought other heroes, including Superman and Wonder Woman. Do you remember the time... Uh, Superman punched a hole right through Joker's gut. That was the Injustice storyline. Because the Joker tricked them all and Lois Lane wound up getting killed in it. And that set Superman off. Didn't he like set off a huge bomb bomb killed Metropolis? Yeah. Uh, Most of, like 98% of Metropolis was killed in that explosion. Yeah. And Lois Lane is one of them, Mm -hmm. which drives Clark insane. Mm -hmm. So he just shows up in the room where Batman has him detained, just walks up, boom, punches a hole right through him, killing the Joker. And that starts the Civil War of the DC Universe, basically. Um, which spawned two games, Injustice, uh, two video games. Yeah, you haven't played Injustice. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah Gods yeah, Among yeah, Us yeah. and the sequel. I have the sequel. I didn't play the first one uh, very much. Um, but it's pretty cool. Uh, it's Batman versus Superman. Yeah, I've played basically. them both. And Superman and Wonder Woman have this very um, hierarchy form of mentality, and they are the rulers, basically, of this new world. And Batman and all of his friends, like Harley Quinn, is on Batman's side. Mm-hmm. Oliver Queen... Uh, Black Canary, Poison Ivy. It's, this is literally a time where heroes and villains come together, uh, depending on what side you're on. Right. Uh, so it's a really cool storyline. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, I've not seen him fight Wonder Woman in anything. I haven't either. Uh, of course, I didn't read a lot of solo Wonder Woman. Um, 
But the, the introduction of Harley Quinn, um, Dr. Harleen Quinzel. She uh, originated from the animated series, if yes. I'm remembering correctly, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. She was not written into the comics till after the animated series, uh, which is cool. Um, it's kind of like if they were to start writing Walking Dead again, uh, bringing Daryl into it, because Daryl's a show original. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, um, he has had uh, quite the uh, partnerships, and they never, especially whenever he tries to partner with Lex Luthor, Lex is always so chagrined about it, just like, oh God, the clown. He's like, mm-hmm. come on, Lex, you know, we work well together. He's like, no, we don't. You always try to blow something up I don't want blown up, <laughs> you know? Um, and Injustice Gang and the Injustice League, like, it always falls apart just because of the Joker. He's like, you know, we'll, we'll start this team thing. And then halfway through it, he's like, ooh, let's blow this up. Even if our partners are in it. Yeah. Like, you've got five seconds to get out. Good I, luck. I wouldn't want it any other way, though. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He is not a tag team partner. <laughs> Uh, moving on, one of the most iconic characters in popular culture, the Joker has been listed among the greatest comic book villains and fictional characters ever created. The character's popularity has seen him appear on a variety of merchandise, such as clothing and collectible items, inspire real-world structures, such as theme park attractions, and be referenced in a number of media. The Joker has been adapted to serve as Batman's adversary in live-action, animated, and video game incarnations, which we will now dive into, and this is a heck of a list. Wow. So, these are the men behind the smile. (laughs) So craziest thing is that there is a much smaller list of live action portrayals of the Joker than the animated and video game portrayals. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get this started. Cesar Romero, the classic clown of the silver and golden age. Romero was more of a harmless grifter with a clown fetish than a true menace to Gotham City. In the TV show and spinoff movie, Romero was known for his childish clown pranks, his poison flower, his high-pitched laugh. He even was able to keep his Latin lover iconic mustache while painted up, saying, no amount of cackling will make me get rid of my look. Wow. So he never had to shave the mustache. They just thickly painted over it. It's a pretty iconic uh, uh, oh, yeah. version of the Joker. Uh, ran around with Adam West's Batman. Yeah. Um, and Eartha Kitt's Catwoman. So uh, he started the live-action portrayal of the Joker. All right, next we have Jack Nicholson, the mobster showman. Nicholson was the Joker for Tim Burton's dark reimagining of the Batman mythos. Jack Nicholson beat out Brad Dourif, Tim Curry, David Bowie, Willem Dafoe, and even Robin Williams to play the Bat, or to play the Joker, sorry. Robin Williams was used by Burton as a bargaining chip to get Nicholson to bring his asking price down to $6 million, which in 1989 is quite... That's, that's a big a payday. Chunk of change. I mean, bring it down. Cause, so, what do you think it was originally? Like, all right, all right do it. I'll do it for twelve, ten. I'll do it for yeah. ten million. Well, you know, Robin Williams said he'd do it for. Like, okay, well, I want the part. So. Robin Williams would have been really interesting. He really would have been an interesting Joker. I think he. I don't. Hmm. If they were still, if could Robin have played the mobster? 
Joker that Nicholson played. I think played. it would have been totally different. It would have been a totally different. It would have been more of like a Romero. I think so. Um, the clown. But he would have made it his own for sure. Oh, yeah. It would have been intriguing. I would have loved to have seen how creepy Tim Curry and Brad Dorif could have been as the Joker. You know, Tim Curry, uh, he was going to play the Joker in the animated before series. Mark got the, before Mark Hamill. And I haven't seen or heard any of it before. Um that I can recall. But I heard Kevin Conroy talk about how it was so dark and, and scary. so scary that they said, We can't put this on this a kid's show. <laughs> so they had to let him go because uh-huh. he was too good. At scaring and just being a Yeah. Well, he was Pennywise after uh, all. That's true. So <laughs> Um that would have been intriguing. Gosh, it would have been cool to see Dorf and Tim Curry. David Bowie would have been on. Yeah, Willem Dafoe, I still say, could play an older Joker. He could. Um, He's got that strange look smile. about him, he you know. <laughs> um, moving on. Heath Ledger, the anarchist. Love him. What Ledger did transcended a genre, or even the character as we know it. He truly immortalized the part. Ledger, who was in talks for Batman and Batman Begins, beat out Adrian Brody as well as Robin Williams again for Joker. Heath was 28 years old when he played the Joker, and he used white pancake powder as the main base of his makeup. Ledger admitted that he drew from Clockwork Orange, Sid Vicious, and Tom Waits. He also locked himself up in a hotel room for a month, writing his Joker diaries. And then sadly passed away soon after. Soon after that. Um, So you can go, and I suggest everyone do this. Go on YouTube and type in Tom Waits' um, interview. I don't know what it was. He went on some talk show, and he is just a mess. He's probably been into some sort of... Drugs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's sitting there in his chair with his legs crossed, and the talk show host has somebody come out to do something, and Tom Waits is like, oh, wow, you got people working for you and everything. Yeah, and, people working wow, for that's you. crazy, yeah. If and it's go like... Go back and watch, like, you're like, oh, my gosh. This is the Joker. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty clear who Heath drew it from. Um, the Clockwork Orange stuff, I can also see. Um, the way he kind of walks and carried himself, especially in that opening bank robbery. And if you go back and watch Clockwork Orange, he, he emulates a lot of their positions and standing. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. All right. So, how did I get stuck with this one? I know. Jared Leto, the thug. <laughs> Leto's, sorry, Leto's take on the Joker was basically candy-colored nihilism. Nihilism, masquerading in a superhero movie. Leto was even more method than Heath. He would send his castmates very dark and perverse gifts that would make them treat him like the bad guy he is. He did bring a shark circling his prey vibe in his scenes when he delivered lines. This is definitely a lot of people's least favorite version, and I would say I'm in that Absolutely. boat as well. Absolutely. Um, the teeth, the the tattoos, I did the not very like Post it. Malone look. Um, and it says in there that uh, it was basically candy-colored nihilism. Nihilism is the rejection of all religious and moral principles and the belief that life is meaningless. Um, okay, I would say that most versions of the Joker would yeah, fall into that. I think though, they would you? all fall into nihilism, but he is definitely a... I think he's more angry. 
maybe that's why I didn't like it is he did the the swaying and the you know the laughing and the cutting up from time to time and he might have had a creepy laugh but his was anger it wasn't wasn't chaos it wasn't just for the heck of it I truly felt like he was he was okay when in the 90s in the, 90s, in the early 2000s every time somebody every time Eminem would drop an album in an inter interview anybody who was interviewing would always look at him and say why are you so angry <laughs> like I would always I would want to look at his thug, his thug Joker and just go why are you angry dude like you're not even fun to watch as the Joker you're just angry and the tattoos all over the face and I get what they were going with yeah I understand why that rendition of the Joker was chosen for the more modern era of well, you got to change things up, and you do because it's like you've said a lot on this show. You know, if you don't evolve, you die. Um, and the character ha is immortalized for a reason because things keep changing with him. But I just don't like it landed. It wasn't. Yeah, it didn't work. And I'll talk to people though, and they'll they've loved it. I just, well, it didn't really get enough to to love, I don't no, think. I, yeah. And I didn't get so much that I was like, oh, I absolutely hate this, but I was just like, I just don't... Could have done I don't, it. Yeah. I think he takes more away from the movie than he added. I would probably agree with that. Absolutely. Moving on. Cameron Monaghan, Psychopathic Origin. Cameron played both Jerome and twin Jeremiah Valeska. Both became the Joker in their own right. The slow evolution of his Joker was the best art Gotham had. Though they could not use the name Joker due to Leto and Joaquin in the midst of being Jokers, he played it better than Leto. Probably one of the best incarnations we've seen in years. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've spoken many times about Gotham on the show and how we were sort of underwhelmed with it for the most part. First couple of seasons. Um, but the episode when we got this character, this version of the Joker, we didn't realize until toward the end what they were doing with it. And I remember us talking about it, how we were super excited, like, this kid is really good, he's going to be a great Joker if we ever get him back. And they toyed with us, you know, because he came back and they killed him. You remember that? He died more than... Or he, he was arrested and then he came back for season two, killed in season two, came back, he was resurrected in season three, went on a rampage as Jerome Valeska, Different, Different reincarnation from the first Joker-esque we saw. Um, killed again. Or not killed again. Carved his face off. Remember that? Yeah, he did that while he was going on his rampage. Yeah. But he fell off of a cliff or something. Then he fell off a building. Gordon was confronting him and he fell off a building. And we had just met his twin, the sweet, innocent Jeremiah Valeska. And he opened like a box or something and got sprayed. parting gift and it sprayed him with the Joker spray. And his Joker was more Nicholson at first. Gangster, brim hat, calm collective at first laughed but just talked normal he wasn't as erratic and he was more calm until driven to kill um and then it all ended like then he gets destroyed and beaten the crap out of and goes through the ringer and is left until the finale is left in this catatonic state and then when you find out that he's been playing this game this entire time for 10 years 
just waiting. That's such a Joker thing to yeah. do. Because he'd just be like, well, Bruce isn't here, so who am I going to mess with? So I'll just rest, mm-hmm. you know? And he looked like a... Like something that crawled out of the dungeon in his final rendition of the Joker, all messed up mm-hmm. and hunched over, kind of, and had it, let most of his hair was gone. And uh, But Monaghan's... Oh, it was so good. One of the best parts of the show, absolutely. absolutely. Probably the 100%. best part of the show, uh, in all honesty. Yeah, I like the Riddler. Oh yeah, he's a whole great lot. too. Um, his the Riddler's great. Um, moving on. All right, so we have the newest version of the Joker, Mr. Joaquin Phoenix, society's failure version of the Joker. Phoenix stars in a deconstructionist piece set in the early 1980s instead of 2019. Returning to the amateurish appearance of self-applied makeup used by Ledger, there's something even more insidious in Phoenix's countenance that just as much resembles serial killer John Wayne Gacy as it does the comic book character. Phoenix has truly changed the game on the character. His Joker is the failure of society on mental illness. Man, uh, you know, we just saw the movie Friday night. Uh, mm-hmm. It was amazing. We're not going to spoil anything for no, you now. Not so. yet. Uh, Give a couple weeks. Yeah, well, we'll talk more in detail about the Joker later. But so far, very successful. Most people are really loving it. I think it was game-changing. It was brilliant, uh, thought-provoking, uncomfortable mm-hmm. in all the right ways. Yeah. Not uncomfortable like Hellraiser or Human Centipede or that kind of uncomfortable, but gut-wrenchingly sad. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Um, and... I saw this, and I don't want to take full credit for it. Our friends over at For Your Reference Podcast, uh, KT, she tweeted this, and it's brilliant. Most films strike a balance of highs and lows, but Joker sat in its pain without any levity, allowing us to see from his eyes the development into the Joker. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it... I thought a lot as we were watching, and we talked a little bit afterwards as well, but like... You totally sympathize with the Joker throughout this movie. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much would have to in a movie about the Joker called The Joker, you know. But you you don't sympathize with what he does at the end. But you sympathize with... And and the reason I put it as society's failure is they did fail him. You know, he was getting medication and getting to talk to a therapist every week. Then the funding gets cut. Mm Mm-hmm. And it kind of opens your eyes to there are those there are people out there every yeah. day that are living Arthur's life. Yep. What and we're cutting their funding. I mean, every year something new gets cut that helps mental illness, mm-hmm. and that's where they failed Arthur. Yeah. And I mean, I think this kind of opens the the door of you have to be careful. Because you can create a Joker. I think in they, they uh, definitely were trying to send a message with a lot Absolutely. of the elements of the movie like that. And, and it was it was seen well and not overdone. And I mentioned earlier uh, in the show today about how Joker is in literally every scene of the movie. You know, there are some movies where, like let's say Venom, and I've made a lot of comparisons to Venom for some reason um, off the air, but in Venom. Venom is the main character, but you don't see him in every scene. You see what's going on with the antagonists of the movie, the people mm-hmm. in the labs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's none of that in this. It is his perspective start to finish. 
Yeah. You never are away from him. But the problem that you had with Venom, and I'm not going to spoil anything, they did not make that mistake with this movie. There is a connection. Yes. To the universe. Yes. And it's done very well. Very subtly, very I would subtly, say. Very well, and not all about And And look, this is not a superhero movie. No. It's not even really a super villain movie. It's no. just like, this is something that anyone with practically no knowledge of Batman or superheroes or anything could see this and enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. And learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, feel from it. You yeah. do not have to be a nerd to feel this movie. Um, because you may know people yeah. that are suffering like this. So I, I think that it's safe to say that from... These nerds to you nerds, uh, we give it like a 10 out of 10. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Um, I, I'm anxious to see it again. I'd like to see mm-hmm. it again. Mm-hmm. It was that good. You know, I know that a movie has had an effect on me, impacted me, or what have you, when I leave immediately wanting to see it again. And I think yeah. about it, for, you know. For, for days after, yeah, I, I've just I think a lot about it and Try certain scenes that it. stick yeah. out, yeah. So that doesn't always happen, Mm-mm. you know. And um, sometimes we leave a movie happy with what we've seen, don't have to see it again. We're done. I was telling you like the last time that I left a movie feeling really excited was Far From Home, and like Far From Home was great, but I would not have left feeling that way. If it hadn't been for the big surprise mid-credits, yeah. post-credits scene, oh, yeah. you know? Um, and this kind of excitement wasn't a what's next. There is no Joker 2. There is no... There shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. This this movie gives you an excitement of, wow, if they can change the game with the character of the Joker like this, then they can do it for other nerd world culture. So Totally agree. Um, Todd Phillips... Great job, bravo. man. I mean, bravo. And <laughs> I was joking. I was like, you know, after this, I could probably name my firstborn son Joaquin because oh, his performance. it was so good, so impressive. And plus, he played Johnny Cash years ago, which is a big deal to me. Yeah. So I love Joaquin. Johnny Phoenix. and the Joker. Wow. What a career. So those are your live action uh, renditions of the Joker. Uh, not as many as animated, but they have all made impacts Absolutely. in our nerd culture in more ways than one. And in their own little ways. Well, what a fraternity they have. Absolutely. Um, so let's move on to the voices behind the laugh. <laughs> you might say that's the laugh of our Joker. Our Joker. Joker from our childhood. The living legend. Um, so there is a list, and we're going to, you know, get through this pretty quickly, of basically 19 different people have voiced the Joker in some form of animation, whether it be animated movies, animated television, or video games. So, The Adventures of Batman, 1968, voiced by Larry Storch. Uh, he was... Never heard of him. <laughs> nope. Uh, the New Adventures of Batman, 1977. Voiced by Lenny Weinrib. The Superpowers Team, Galactic Guardians, 1985. Voiced by Frank Welker. Okay. Um, I actually saw that. And that even for the first time, and I think the only time, has it has shown Joker and Darkseid partnered up. 
And even Darkseid was like, this guy is crazy. They did that in 1985? 1985. Wow. Uh, moving on. The New Batman Adventure, 1997. Michael McKean. Uh, he's actually a pretty well-known actor. So that wasn't... Mark Hamill didn't do Joker in... in no, he that? did, but Hamill has his own his own list okay. down the line. We'll get to that. Um, number five, Batman, Dark Tomorrow. Uh, Alan Enloe, that was 2003. Some of these I've never seen, man. Me uh, the Batman, 2004 through 2008, voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson. Not my favorite. It was the it was like a monstrous reincarnation, like he was like a acrobatic martial artist, hunched over, looked a lot like uh, uh, I don't know Quasimodo, yeah, kind of. And uh, this is actually fun fact: the first time that an African American voiced the Joker. Cool. The only time, actually. Um, moving on, Batman: The Brave and the Bold, uh, 2008 through 2012. Now, two people voiced during this: Jeff Bennett and. Corey Burton. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Jeff was either fired or left the show, so they brought in Corey. Uh, Black Ma- Batman Black and White. Have you ever seen that? No. It's it's odd. It's very odd. Um, Is it on the DC thing? I have not checked. It's where the famous dancing meme with Harley and Joker comes oh, from. Oh, okay. The gif of them in black and white dancing. Okay. Uh, before they did the scene in Suicide Squad, the flashback. That was the first dancing. And that was Michael Dobson in 2008. Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe 2009 video game voiced by Richard Epcar. And moving on, did you play that? I did a little bit. I did not play that. Um, I, haven't I don't remember Mortal Kombat much about years. it. Uh, DC Super Friends 2010 voiced by John Kassir. Uh, Batman Under the Red Hood, your favorite mm-hmm. animated film. Yeah. 2010, voiced by John DiMaggio. Yeah, and you can tell that's him. <laughs> yes, who is Bender yeah. in Futurama. Um, and he's Jake the Dog on uh, uh, Adventure Time. Yes, he is Jake the Dog. Um, he's a pretty well-renowned voice actor these yeah. days. Uh, I didn't hate his his Joker. It was just very deep, very odd. Um Young Justice Season 1. <gasps> yes, 2010 what? through 2011. Brent Spiner. Wow. Data from Star Trek, The Scientist in Independence Day. Wow. Brent's, I haven't gotten to Joker and to Young Justice the Injust- yet. The, he's like, uh, this episode is brought to you by your Injustice League. And wow. It's really cool. Um, he's in Season 1? Yeah. You'll okay. run into him. Okay. Um, Lego Batman 1, 2, and 3, the video games. Uh, this is 2008, 2012, and 2014, all voiced by Christopher Corey Smith. Did you play them? Um, I did, and this was, I think, the point when they did not do voices on the Lego games. Noises. Yeah, they just uh-huh. kind of went... Yeah. At some point that changed, so I don't know which which ones would, would have that. But the first one that I remember them ever doing that with was the Lord of the Rings. So yes, it's been a while. Uh, moving on, The Dark Knight Returns. Now, this was a two-part animated movie. Right. Uh, 2012, voiced by Michael Emerson. And he is actually a pretty well-renowned actor. Um, you might know him from Constantine. He's the bug-loving guy who okay. 
uh, in the Keanu Reeves movie, Constantine. Um, Injustice, Gods Among Us, 2013 video game voiced by Richard Epcar, again, who did Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe. Um, and one of my favorites moving forward, um, two in a row, Batman Arkham Origins, the video game in 2013, and Assault on Arkham, the movie in 2014, were both voiced by Troy Baker. Yeah. Uh, he also, uh, he might be my second favorite, definitely, under Hamill. I think I could agree with that. His is the that. closest to Hamill. You can tell that he drew a lot from him. Yes. Um, uh, I've seen a, a video from him at, I guess it was like Comic-Con or something one year. He read that whole speech that Joker does in The Killing Joke about one bad day. Yeah. He, someone just... it's his Joker. Yeah, someone gave him that and asked him to read it. This might have been before the game came out. Um, really? So we hadn't heard it before. Yeah. I think it was like a little teaser of it. Oh, that's cool. And finally, the Lego Batman movie... Voiced by Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, a little... 2017. Uh, a lighter tone to the Joker. Yeah. And you can definitely tell it's Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. And I did not purposely leave out Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill gets his own section here. And since you're a huge Hamill fan... And actually, fun fact, if you take away the M and the I-L-L in his name, his name spells Arkham. Did you know that? I do now. Yeah, I never thought about it's that like before. It's like it was meant to be. Uh, why don't you read off Mark Hamill's Joker? Right, so we first got Mark Hamill as the Joker in the Batman animated series from 1992 to 1997. This is the Joker that you and I grew up with, mm -hmm. uh, the one we know and love. And I've heard Mark Hamill talk about this before, that when he went in an audition for this part, he didn't expect that he was going to get it. And he just sort of, you know, did his thing there and... They called him and offered him the part, and he was so shocked. And he said, man, I don't even remember what I did. Can I listen to what I did? So <laughs> he was, like, <laughs> totally uh, unprepared, I guess. Uh, but they certainly got what they wanted out of him in because it worked episode, out really well. the first episode, you see his Joker in the animated series is a Christmas episode. That's right. It's, it's the season premiere. It's a Christmas episode where he's singing, Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. I remember. Doing that whole thing. Uh, then we had the Batman Mask of the Phantasm um, special. That was sort of a, like a spin-off movie from the yes. animated series, so he was in that. Superman animated series from 1996 to 2000. Uh, the New Adventures of Batman from 1997 to 1999. You see a lot of these overlap. Like, he was Joker in multiple things at the same time. Mm -hmm. and, like, once, they, once they find somebody, they, they sort stick of stick with them. With them. Yeah. Uh, Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker. Uh, that was the the Terry. What's yeah. his last name? Do you remember? Nah. Yeah, from Batman Beyond, the futuristic Batman. Uh, Static Shock. I used to love that show as a kid. Uh, Justice League Unlimited, the Batman Arkham uh, games, except for Arkham Origins. So he did three of those. Do you remember in Arkham Knight? It was the last game they did. There's this part where. Um, you're swinging through the city or whatever, and at one point in the game, when you climb up to the top of a building... He scares you. Well, the reason he does it is because Man-Bat was there earlier, and he kind of jumps over the side of the building and goes, and just kind of screams at you, and it startles me every time. 
Well, then Joker is sort of like in Batman's head throughout the game, and he does it again. He's kind of imitating Man Bat. Yeah. And every single time, I don't know what's coming, and it gets me. <laughs> um, he did. He does the, it on the DC Universe. The DC too. Universe online. Um, he did the Arkham VR game. He did the Killing Joke, which we've talked about yes. before. Um, Lego DC Villains video game, Justice League Action, Scooby-Doo Guess Who, and he's done the voice of the Joker on Robot Chicken on and off since 2005. Wow. Mark Hamill. The Joker. The Joker. The The animated Joker, period. Period. No argument whatsoever. Um, I had had actually uh, never played the VR game. I haven't either. I don't have a VR device or whatever you need to do such things. And that Scooby-Doo Guess Who is a new movie that came out this year. new animated movie. Oh, that's um, right. I think they reintroduced, they brought Batman and Robin back. Um, I don't know who's voicing them. The Batman and Robin, it didn't pop up, but uh, he's voicing the Joker in it. Or maybe it's just the Joker that's in it. <laughs> Maybe he helps them solve a clue. I doubt that for some reason. <laughs> um, so, um, that's all the animated Jokers. Like we said, long list. Almost 20 different people in our lifetime and before um, created this character and voiced this character and brought this character to life. Um, it shocked me, honestly. Yeah, I had no idea there were so many. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, so I looked up some fun fun house facts about the Joker. I like that, if you will. And there are uh, fifteen unknown facts about Mister J. All right, enlighten us. All right, renowned as Batman's greatest enemy, the Joker is known by a number of nicknames, including everyone knows the Clown Prince of Crime. There's also the Harlequin of Hate. The Ace of Knaves, and the Jester of Genocide. I hadn't heard of any of those except Clown Prince. I've heard of the Ace of Knaves. That came um, not too long ago because he was known for knives, being good with knives and all that. And they just he used to call himself the Ace of Knaves and playing off the word knife. Um, number two, World Cat, which is a catalog site online, Puts the Joker being in over 250 productions from film, animation, and video games and books. Wow. Popular guy. (laughs) Number three, Mark Hamill once did an episode of Justice League Action where he played the Joker, the Trickster, Swamp Thing, and himself all in one scene. I think I have seen that little bit before. It circulated online a while back. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, moving on, when the storyline of the Vat of Acid is not his mythos, he does his own makeup. And there's been a few comics where they don't have that storyline, mm-hmm. and he's bragged about it. Or, you don't know the origin, yeah. because he changes his mind about changes. what his origin is. I love that part about Heath Ledger's his story changes every time. Because maybe he doesn't know. Mm. Moving on. Number five. He was once merged with Marvel's Sabretooth in the crossover comic event to take on Darkclaw, who was Batman and Wolverine merged. Interesting. Shortly after the death of Superman hit, uh, Marvel and DC came together and did some crossover storylines. Right. Where they met, where characters met. It was weird. You should go back and check them out. Very odd. 
Um, number six, in Injustice Gods Among Us storyline, Joker had a daughter with Harley Quinn who she hid from him with her sister. Wow. So I did not catch that when I... Is this the game or the comics? The game's based off the comic book okay. story. Yeah, so I did not know that part. But there's a little Easter egg in um, Arkham City, the game, where you can go into the Joker's hideout like after you've beaten everything in the game. And there's a crib in there and a pregnancy test. Ooh. And there's a little thing in the credits where Harley is like singing, hush little baby, don't say a word, blah, 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 blah. Oh. So, there you go. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, number seven, in Dark Knight's Metal, Batman finally kills Joker. <gasps> what? After his death, his body begins to release a gas that infects Batman, causing him to lose his mind and kill everyone in Gotham. Oh, I don't like that. Uh, that's a wild story. Explain yourself, DC. <laughs> but it's so Joker, though. I guess. Like, he still wins. Number eight, during DC Rebirth, Batman sat on the Morbius chair. When he got to ask the all-knowing chair one question, he asked, who is the Joker? The chair told him that there never was just one Joker, but three. Holy cow. And it blew everyone's minds. Number nine, the Joker once removed his own face, and then just to staple it back on again, he changed his mind. I remember. (laughs) That's a creepy pop. It's out there. Oh, I know. The stapled, the stapled face. Oh, yeah. Ugh. It's from uh, uh, Death in the Family? Yes. The, uh, series? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number 10. In Batman Endgame comic book series, the Joker lets it known that he is actually an ancient demon destined to fight Batman forever. Knowing this, Batman pins down the Joker, allowing the Batcave to collapse on them, burying them both. Hmm. Wow. I wonder how many different endings there have been for the Joker Probably as many because we've already talked about it. We've already talked about at least two at Mm -hmm. this point. Um, Moving on, number eleven. Heath Ledger kept asking Christian Bale to actually brutally beat him up in their scenes, just to. Heath Ledger was all about the the reality and the the method. So yeah. Moving on, number twelve. Raven's abilities do not work on the Joker. Interesting. I wonder why. Maybe he has no solid mind to. Oh, that makes sense. Take hold of like it's always changing, and I could never pronounce this Superman villain correctly. He actually showed up on an episode of The Flash in season three, I think. Really? Um, Joker once tricked Mister Miz Tick. I have I no idea. M X Z M X Y Z P T L K. If you know how to pronounce it, please tweet us. Mix it, uh, papa. Yeah, to give him universe-altering abilities. Ms. Patilk. Ms. Patilk. Sure, uh, we'll go with that. <laughs> and when he got those universe-altering abilities, he actually altered the timeline, making himself immortal. Of course. 14. In Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum story arc, it is revealed that he has what is called super sanity. This mental state of mind means that the villain doesn't have any real personality. He adapts his personality to whatever situation he is in. His brain cannot perceive the sensory stimuli that are coming at him in the outside world. So basically, he goes with the flow. That makes sense. Yes. And final fact, 15. Before Harley Quinn came along, his first sidekick was a little clown named Gagsworth A. Gagsworthy, 
or Gaggy for short. He was a tightrope walker with the Flying Graysons. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. He was a short, fat little clown. Uh, so, those are your unknown funhouse facts on the Clown Prince of Crime. So, any final thoughts on the Joker? Not really, man. I I think we've covered it all. Uh, love the Joker. I would certainly agree that he's one of the greatest villains of all time. Mm. One of the most iconic, most recognizable. Um, and most versions are just as entertaining as the others. Exactly. Um, and now, you know, moving from Joaquin, I cannot wait to see what what version we get next. Maybe I can't even imagine. The next thing we see is actually Mark Hamill in live action. <laughs> oh, well, that would really be something. That'd be wild. So, and he's very physical when he does he voice is. acting. If so. you get a chance, um, after listening to this, go to YouTube and YouTube Mark Hamill in the booth doing the Joker. He he is just he's this physical genius. Yeah. Like you can see that he puts in more than just his voice. He, he goes puts all his soul out. into it. Um, so, top five Jokers, in your opinion. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, okay, I think I'll say, like, for me personally? Yeah, for you personally. Uh, okay, so I'm going to say number one would be Heath Ledger. Okay. I'm going to say number two would be Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say number three would be Joaquin Phoenix. And that could change. He could move up because I've only seen it one time. Mm-hmm. But, wow. Um, blown away. Um, uh, let's say four, Jack Nicholson, five, Cesar Romero. Okay. Um, I would have to say one for me is Hamill. Two for me is Ledger. Yeah. Three is... Uh, Definitely Joaquin. Yeah. Top three. Four, I would have to say Monahan. And five, Troy Baker. Yeah, I can't include Monahan. I mean, he was great, but Gotham for me is just so I blah. I so know. I don't even want to think about it. So and plus if, the fact that they could never say Joker, which is crazy. That was upsetting. I understand, but still. It, ugh. Is that a Jeremiah here? Uh, just call me Jay. Yeah. <laughs> nice little way around there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, next week, we're going to be live in Market Square in Knoxville, Tennessee. Talking so exciting. Talking about villains, um, literary, TV, what have you. Uh, Pop culture. We hope, we hope that you'll come out. Uh, yeah. If you're in the area, please come out. It's all day long, Sunday the 13th. Um, check out their Facebook page for more information on who all is going to be there and what all is going on at different locations. And if you can't be there, please send us some questions about yes. villains or some um, comments about villains, and maybe we will get to read your question or your comment yeah, right or there what live. have you right there live in the show. And uh, if you want to send us your top five favorite jokers, tweet us, email us, uh, Facebook us. Um, if you have any other you know, maybe some things we missed about the Joker, some unknown facts that I may have missed. Um, also, thanks again to our Patreon subscribers and all of you out there in Nerdland. And um, you know, man, this has been uh, enjoyable. And yet another one in the books. Another one in the books. 
So, um, I guess we will catch you soon. Yeah. And we will see you nerds later. to the 30 and nerdy podcast with your hosts tyler mcdaniel and josh davis brought to you by encore theatrical company akiva express creative theater and advertising expressions find us follow us and like us on instagram twitter and facebook visit our website 30 and nerdy podcast.com got something to tell us drop us an email 30 and nerdy pod at gmail.com until next time Cheers to you, nerds.